right. Well, thanks for joining us again on the Drivecast. My name is Matthew, and I serve as the teaching pastor at LifePoint Westerville. And uh, today we're going to be taking a look at Daniel chapter 4, verses 28 through 33. And uh, in Daniel chapter 4, King Nebuchadnezzar, he has this dream of this this large tree, this tree that grew uh, tall and strong. Um, and it was visible throughout the, the entire earth. And he, he brought in Daniel to interpret the dream for him. He wanted to know what it meant. And uh, Daniel uh, almost immediately knew that this dream was not good news for the king. Uh, but the king insisted that he share with him what the, the interpretation is. So Daniel began to, to explain that the, the tree in the dream, it represented the, the king. Um, that he had grown powerful and he had grown strong. Um, but that he would be cut down and that he would live for, for a time as a, as a wild animal, that he would leave people, leave society, and go and live as, a, as an animal. And, and Daniel, in this moment, began to, to plead with the king to, to repent. He said, renounce your sin and do what is right. Be kind to those you have, have oppressed. If you will repent, God may show you mercy. God may spare you. It's not too late for you. But King Nebuchadnezzar had no interest in what Daniel had to say. He ignored his advice. And listen to what what, what it says happened. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is this not the great Babylon that I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Immediately, What had been said about King Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from the people and ate grass like the ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. So what the king saw in his dream became a reality just 12 months later. And I I know this probably sounds like some strange sci-fi movie, this half man, half animal, half man, half beast, but most scholars believe that the king was suffering from from a real mental disorder called zoanthropy, where a person becomes convinced that he or she is a a wild animal. And as the disease progresses, they even begin to, to move outdoors and will even graze on the grass. But the king, he had a complete mental break. And his downfall was rooted in his pride. And what is pride? From a a biblical perspective, pride is taking the glory that belongs to God and keeping it for ourselves. Taking the glory that belongs to God and keeping it for ourselves. Pride is essentially a form of self-worship where we attempt to exalt ourselves and take the place of God. I mean, just listen to how King Nebuchadnezzar spoke. He said, is this not the great Babylon that I have built by my power and for my glory? He failed to see that his success in life was the result of God's hand of blessing on his life. And he took the glory. He took the credit that belonged to God alone. He exalted himself. You see, pride has been the great temptation since the beginning of time. I mean, think back to to the garden when the serpent was tempting Eve with the fruit. What was the lie that he deceived her with? You will be like God. Meaning you don't have to answer to anyone. You can call the shots. You get to determine what is right. You get to determine what is true. You can have all the glory. Pride was at the root 
of the original sin. It was at the root of the fall. And C.S. Lewis would argue that pride is actually at the root of, of all sin. Listen to what he says in his book, Mere Christianity. He says, pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. It is pride which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. Now, I, I, I think most of us, we, we would probably say that we don't really struggle with pride that much. I mean, we certainly know people who do. Maybe our, our boss or our brother-in-law or our neighbor or our friend, but, but not us. Pride isn't an issue for us. But I think if we, if we took an honest evaluation at our lives, I think we would find more pride in our hearts than we would like to admit. I know that's certainly the, the case in, in my life. There is more pride in my heart than, than I'm even aware of. So then what do we do? What is the, the cure for our pride? It's very simple. The, the, the cure is humility. And here's what humility is. It's having an accurate view of yourself in relation to God. An accurate view of yourself in relation to God. It doesn't mean looking down on yourself. It doesn't mean thinking less of yourself. It doesn't mean being a pushover and getting walked all over. It means looking up to God and viewing yourself, viewing your life in light of who God is, recognizing he is God and I'm not. He's in charge, not me. He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor, not me. So if you are recognizing, maybe, maybe there is some pride in your heart. I want to invite you today to, to just pray a, a very simple prayer, a prayer that I believe that, that God will answer. And it's this, God, humble me. If there's any pride in my heart, if I'm seeking to be like God, if I'm trying to call the shots, if I'm doing things for my glory and my honor and my recognition, God, humble me. Do whatever it takes to lead me back to you. So I want to give you a, a moment right now just to pray that simple prayer in your heart. God, humble me.